Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. All right, Ian, so I am uh, going to make an announcement. It's time. We've talked about this for the last few weeks. I have been hemming and hawing, and I know everybody out there is, is waiting to hear this announcement. It's a big one. Uh, it's one of those announcements that I guarantee people have been just on the edge of their seat waiting for. I guarantee it. So so I'm ready to make I, this I, I'm sitting here with bated breath, bated just breath. like everyone else. <laughs> yes, I can tell that you are super excited about this. Uh, I have chosen my draft crush uh, in the 2021 NFL draft. Drum roll, please. Don't do a drum roll. It's not worth it. Uh, thank you. Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. Bring me. Justin Fields. Bring me Justin Fields. That's where I've landed, and if you've been listening, you knew that's where I was going to land all along. And the thing is, is that it could actually happen. Don't don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. No, I think you're right. It could actually happen. There's, I, I think, several scenarios where Justin Fields is the draft pick, no matter where they are in the draft. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what we think they're going to do and how things could shake out and whatnot uh, a little bit later. But obviously with the Broncos at nine, and we talked about this last week and it is something that's, that's definitely out there. 
they're one of those dangerous teams that really could go in several different directions. And when I say dangerous, I don't mean like they're they're going to win the draft. I don't think anybody wins a draft. I think that's sort of a silly concept. I think you can lose a draft, and we'll talk about that too. But I don't think anybody wins a draft. But they are in a position to sort of do whatever they think they need to do to be successful, right? They could go in any number of directions and they, it would be the right direction. Is there one that's better than another? I think so. You think so. I think everybody has a preference, but, but they could go anywhere. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, they can trade up to four or five where currently the Atlanta Falcons and San Francisco or <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals sit um, they could stay pat at number nine or they could trade down. And I think there's a lot of people who like the idea of adding more draft capital. Yeah. I, I it's almost like putting money in a bank or, or putting it in a savings account. It's like, I'll, we'll save that for later. Do that. You know, we'll use that next year. That kind of thing. I am not, a, I, honestly, this season and this particular draft, I'm not a fan of trading back and gaining draft capital. I am tired of gaining draft capital. I am tired of waiting. I'm tired of five and 11, which isn't a possibility anymore. I'm tired of, we, we should talk about that too, right? 17 game season. There you go. Uh, I, I'm tired of the losing. And I would much rather see George Payton, who I think did go about doing this on defense. I would much rather see George Payton attack. Uh, and when I say attack, I don't mean he was overly aggressive. What I mean is, on the defensive side of the ball, they hit when they needed to, right? They they got guys that were going to make sense. I mean, the Kyle Fuller thing is the one that stands out the most to me in that you could see it was going to happen. And George Payton didn't overreact. He didn't he didn't make a trade thinking somebody else might go get this guy and, and get scared about it. He went ahead and just waited and struck when the iron was hot, right? And I, I think from everything that I know about George Payton, which is very little because he's one of those guys. I think he's going to do the same thing with the draft. He's going to use the draft to make this team better. Now, depending on what you think that is, you may have a different idea of what that means. But one thing I think it doesn't mean is trading back. I don't think trading back makes the Denver Broncos better in 2021. And I want them to be better in 2021. Well, if you look at the players who could potentially be there, you potentially have the top cornerback in the draft at number nine. You potentially have the best tackle in the draft there at nine, if not the second best. You gain nothing by trading down. It doesn't do anything to make your team better. You're losing out on players who could potentially give you depth, like Patrick Sertan from Alabama, you could potentially have him as your fourth cornerback where he gets to sit behind Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, and Ronald Darby for a year who's already been in a system in um, Alabama. Nick Saban. And his, man, I am <laughs> really tired for some reason. You but, tell the world. Tell the world about your good news. Well, I, I I got my first my first COVID shot, so I I'm a little a little lax, a little foggy still. I'm gonna carry the show today, later. right? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the heavy lifting. Is that is that what's gonna happen here? But you have a guy who has been 
in basically a pro system at Alabama who has thrived in that defense. So you're going to be able to have him learn from guys who have played in this defense, two of them, in Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller. Or you could go with a tackle. And there are the tackle bros out there who still think the offensive line is a weak link. And people question whether or not Juwan James is going to be able to bring anything. I'm one of the people who's actually optimistic about Juwan James since he has had a year off. He's been able to refresh and get healthy, which is what he wasn't able to do when he was around. So maybe this could be his reset, so to speak. But either way, you gain nothing by trading down. You miss out on an opportunity to get a top a top tier cornerback or a top tier tackle. Or I think the other option, I, I think in terms of the three available, I think the least likely is trading down. To me, it feels like the most likely is to trade up or I think they stand pat, but I don't think they're going to trade down. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you. There was one name you didn't mention that's that I'm going to throw out there. He's He was potentially going to be my draft crush, but then, you know, off the field stuff. But I think Micah Parsons is one that is also finding himself, when I say that, I mean, you know, a lot of people are finding him as a good pick for Denver at nine because of the, the need at linebacker. And uh, it, it, it does make sense, although I think there's a lot of uh, day two guys that are out there uh, that that George Payton could could potentially draft. And so you don't need to take a Micah Parsons with the, let's say, the off-field issues that, that bring some questions about character and things like that. The one thing that I will say is that in the last few seasons, John Elway has really focused on and did really focus on character guys, ca- team captains, guys that uh, were going to bring something to the locker room that was positive. And I think that's really important to remember. And I'm not saying that that's what George Payton is going to do, and he may have a different value system. But if you look at the change in drafts, and we'll talk about that again, again, little, little, you know, a little preview there, but we'll talk about it again. There is a change there from how the drafts looked by the Broncos when the shift in philosophy took place of we're going to take guys that are high character uh, team captain, those t- those types of guys. And so I would say that a Micah Parsons sort of falls off if you are looking at him as a possibility. And, and quite frankly, again, with the talent level at the linebacker position, I think you can wait on that. And so you're, you're right, in my opinion, they're going to do one of two things. I think more than likely it's a trade-up. And my hope is, and again, bring me Justin Fields, my hope is that it's a trade-up to get to four or five so that they can go get their quarterback. And, and you know, I can hear the, the, the people who are locked in for next year, right, the Drew Locke lovers, uh, which is fine. If you want to root for Drew Locke and hope that he does better, I do too. If that's who George Payton decides to go with, I hope he becomes a, an all-world quarterback and, and leads them to the playoffs. But I'm also okay with resetting the quarterback clock here, getting a first-round quarterback, having that fifth-year option out there, and extending out that sort of, smaller contracts so you can continue to build around a player and hopefully they'll still be good enough to make this team better in 2021 and give the Broncos a shot at potentially a playoff run so I'm hoping for a trade up I think it's interesting some of the scenarios that are out there the big news that sort of shapes all of this is the is the trade between Carolina and New York the Jets for Sam Darnold Uh, 
that definitely changes the landscape of those first nine picks in this draft. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And the reason it's big is because the Panthers were rumored to be one of the teams that would trade up. And now that they have Sam Darnold, they're not going to do that now. So that leaves teams like the New England Patriots potentially looking to move up to number four. And the thing that makes it interesting is the jump isn't really that high from nine to four or nine to five. It's a little bit higher for the New England Patriots. So they're going to have to give up more. And they just went on a spending spree. It, I mean, the way they spent this offseason. Oh, they were they were looking to – you could tell they were really upset about the way their season turned out. I think they thought they were going to win that Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay deal, and they lost. That is one that, that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick lost on that deal. And I'm okay with that. I, I was sort of – I'm sort of fine with that. But I think you're right. They spent a lot of money this offseason. What does it mean? Because they also they kept Cam Newton in-house, too. They did. So they brought him back on a new contract. He's probably the starter again unless they, what, make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that is that something that they would consider doing? Are they going to draft a quarterback? If, if they get into the quarterback mix in this draft, that makes things a little hairy for the Denver Broncos if they also are looking at quarterback. In terms of the scenarios moving up, that's based on information out there. I mean, it's clear that that Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Real shocker. The Jets are now going to take Zach Wilson. Shocker. The 49ers, based on everything that's out there, are going to take Mac Jones. And I get that people think that it's a, a, a diversion. It's They're like trying to play magic, like, hey, we're going to take Mac Jones, but really we may take Trey Lance. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to take Mac Jones. That's been reported since they moved up, that that's what the 49ers were going to do. So that opens up the Falcons and the Bengals at four and five. And the Falcons are interesting because Adam Schefter tweeted on Tuesday that they're open for business, that they're ready for teams to to make the call, to move up. And I think that's targeted at one team in particular, the Denver Broncos. But we have a disagreement on what the Falcons will do. I think the fact that they have extended Matt Ryan's contract and the way they reworked it, it is impossible to get rid of him the next two years. So Arthur Blank, who's the owner of the Falcons, clearly thinks that they can win. So that's why I think they're going to take Kyle Pitts. The ability to, to pair... Julio Jones with a freak of an athlete in Kyle Pitts could help Matt Ryan in that offense put up points in a division that has some very good defenses, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New England, the New Orleans Saints, and it, they'll be able to keep pace with the Green Bay Packers, potentially the Rams now that Matt Stafford is out there, the Seahawks. So that's what I think the Falcons will eventually do. And then I think that opens up a, a potential trade up to five with the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that, and I don't disagree with the premise. If if you're the owner of the Falcons and you just gave Matt Ryan all of this money, your thought is 
we need to win now to justify, right? You have to justify that contract. And I totally understand that. But you also have to remember, and this is something that if you are looking at the long term, as the owner of the Falcons, you have to also be able to justify the next 15 to to 16 years of your franchise and what's going to happen. You can draft a guy at four in Trey Lance who can be the future quarterback, right? Can be the guy who sits for a couple of seasons behind Matt Ryan. Because you're right, they're not getting rid of Matt Ryan. That contract makes him essentially uncuttable and untradeable, and he is going to finish his career in Atlanta. Good for him. Fantastic, right? But that also means that you are either going to wait and hope, and and we all know how we feel about hope, hope that something happens in the next couple of years and you can find his replacement later on. Or you can look at this quarterback class and go, we can grab his replacement now and we can make our team good this year and next year and two years from now and five years from now. And you can you can sort of see how a team might consider doing that. Does it hurt them in the short term as far as getting a weapon? Yeah, I think it does. But if you are really sitting there at four and you see a guy like Trey Lance, who's got all the skills, right? He's got all the, if you look at the, the sort of the ability of this kid, it's all there, but it's raw and it needs to be worked on and it needs to be given an opportunity to grow sitting behind Matt Ryan for a couple of seasons would be really good for Trey Lance. I don't think that it's uh, ideal to use your fourth pick on a guy that's going to sit for a couple of seasons, but we've seen guys drafted in the first round, sit for a couple of years and then have it work out a la Aaron Rodgers, even Patrick Mahomes sat for a year learning the system, learning to learning what it was like to be in the NFL and then became Patrick Mahomes. So I, I could make the argument here for the Falcons taking Trey Lance and then just saying, we're happy here. That is, I, I think that's probably a good thing for the Broncos, especially if they want Justin Fields, but it still might necessitate a trade up. Uh, you mentioned Cincinnati. That's a possibility as well. I, I think if Cincinnati's sitting there and Kyle Pitts is available, they're not trading with anybody because they're going to want uh, to take Kyle Pitts there. I, I don't know how they don't. Or they'll take Sewell. That's a possibility. Or Jamar Chase. I mean, they, they've really got – they're another team like the Broncos that sort of have the world at their fingertips. They know they're going to get a top guy no matter who it is. So they don't have to be in love with anybody because they can have any one of those guys. So – Yeah, I might have just talked myself into the Broncos having to trade with the Falcons at this point or with the Bengals because they really do need to get up far enough to get Justin Fields. But who knows, right? I I kind of am enjoying this draft season more than I have in recent years, and I have no idea why. The other scenario that I think is potentially incredibly likely is that Justin Fields is there at number nine. Because if you look at the teams after the Falcons and the Bengals, they don't need a quarterback. The Miami Dolphins have two attack of Viola. The Detroit Lions just traded Matt Stafford for Jared Goff. The Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold. So even if the New England Patriots make a trade up to number four, and I, to me, that's a situation I don't think either the Falcons or the Bengals want to fall that far. Because the New England Patriots currently sit at fifteen. Big the drop. Bengals, the the Bengals are going to lose out on a significant amount of top tier talent if they make a trade with the New England Patriots. The same goes for the Atlanta Falcons. The reason the Denver Broncos are so appealing is because they're still in that range. 
where you can still get a top-tier talent if you trade down. But the thing that could work out for George Payton is he just holds tight. He doesn't make a move up to four or five, and Justin Fields is there because if the Falcons go Kyle Pitts, the Bengals probably go Penny Sewell. The Dolphins aren't going to take Justin Fields. The Lions won't take Justin Fields. The Panthers won't take Justin Fields. They'll probably take some form of defense, receiver, tackle. That's what the Dolphins, Lions, Panthers will more than likely do. Maybe linebacker. I don't know if either of them would take Micah Parsons. I doubt it. So there is potential for George Payton to just be patient, sit tight, and Justin Fields is there at number nine. Yeah, which would be the I think the dream scenario, right? That's it, when you go through all the scenarios and all the possibilities. Justin Fields available at nine. You don't have to lose any draft capital. You don't have to make any moves. You just let the draft fall to you. That's gorgeous. I love that. The only thing that could could throw, uh, you know, could throw a, a wrench in the monkey works here would be the Bears. And this is one that I saw uh, recently. If the Bears are also looking at QB of the future. And again, you talk about what do you have to offer? I know the Bears are coming from pretty far back as far as, you know, we're talking 20th. About the 20th pick here. Are they willing to package a deal that, that sort of mortgages their future as far as draft picks to go get a, a quarterback to sit behind Andy Dalton, who apparently is QB1, which is still a fun joke to tell when I'm walking around the building as I teach out in the Chicagoland area and Everyone is so upset. It's just, it's depression. And so I try not to mess with people too much about it. But every once in a while, just a reminder we, there. This is where it's important. And you do this on purpose. Ryan Pace traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky. And then as a way to replace Mitchell Trubisky, he signs Andy Dalton. So I think. Everything is on the table when it comes to that idiot in the Bears. Like, Ryan Pace, as I've said before, is the Jeff Breidich of the NFL. A not... complete and total moron. God, it's almost like he, he is a moron. Who is worse? Like, that's that would be a great conversation. Like, which one of those two guys is worse at their job, Breidich or Pace? I... <laughs> I go with Ryan Pace because he's one of the main reasons the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl and have Patrick Mahomes because he thought it would be smart to move up a spot and take Mitchell freaking Trubisky. <laughs> to move up one spot. I, I just Every time I think about that, it was, it was one. You moved up one spot in the draft to draft the worst quarterback in that draft, at least the worst of those first-round quarterbacks. I, I, I mean – one of those quarterbacks may not pan out as well. And I'm not even going to get into that, but that's a, that's a different story altogether. So you no, you're right. I, I do bring up the bears every now and then just to, just to get you to rant a little about Ryan pace. Cause it's funny. It, it It's worth its price. It's worth its weight in gold, which weighs nothing. Cause it's sound, I guess sound has weight, right? If you, it's, it's you're pushing air, it's vibrations. I don't know. Anyway, well, this isn't a science podcast. Last I checked, I, I just to kind of put a, put a little bow on top of this little draft conversation we just had because it's it's so it, and it is it's it's one layer deep we're only talking about the first round here so many other things happen beyond that and 
that's something that we will continue to get into. We're going to have like Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network is going to be on in a couple weeks, so that'll be a good a good place to go with that. But we'll continue to sort plug. of I, I I try, you know, I try and let people know that they're you know we're gonna I won't know what to do with my hands, for example, when he's on because uh, he's now a NASCAR driver. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, if you didn't see it on social media, Trevor Sikama is now basically Ricky Bobby. Yes, he he's Ricky Bobby. I hope hope he doesn't light himself on fire but uh he, he should be fine i think it'll be great uh but but he'll he's gonna I take wonder us if he drives around with a cougar in his car Ooh, well that's see now these are questions that we should be writing down and, and preparing for our interview and and getting getting ready to have those conversations and he's he's like i said he's a great interview he's good to have on he'll talk about all kinds of things game of thrones i wonder if he's finished i don't know i'd be curious to find out barbecue barbecue sides yeah three, three sides required. yeah three required sides that's a, that's always a good one so and is uh, bread a part of the side or is that's it a separate? good question because on on a brisket when you get brisket you get, they usually put it on top of the bread like the bread is there almost as the serving d- device so i'll be curious to know what he thinks you have cornbread cornbread is different than regular bread cornbread is 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 a side. what if you have cornbread and a roll no, see, one is one is bread and one is is a side. Cornbread's a side because you can do stuff with cornbread. You can put cheese in it, jalapenos. You could you can doctor it up. We I make a cornbread casserole that's that's ridiculously good. I mean, there's too many things you can do with that. A roll is just a roll. It's just a balled up piece of bread. So I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm going going. And if you don't get any rolls, we don't get any tolls. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well done. Even 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 a little cloudy this evening. You're you're still hitting on all cylinders, so I, I like that. All right, let's let's uh let's do a bad segue, right? I had a good plug, bad segue, uh, because we we're talking about the Denver Broncos and and we're talking about the draft and things like that. And one of the things that happened recently, and not to get into to too much of it, but one of the things that did happen was the Major League Baseball All Star Game was moved to Denver and is going to be played at Coors Field. And when we were talking about that, I mentioned this to you, and I am curious what your thought is on it. This is a good thing for the Broncos, and it's a good thing for for Denver in general because it exposes the city, and it might entice the NFL, if they do a good job, to bring an event to Denver, like, say, the draft, for example. What, what are your thoughts on, is that a possibility? Do you think that this is something that could push us towards that, and we might see that happen? I would go to that draft. Uh or, or do you think it's just going to be like, yeah, that was neat, and then move on? I, I think it's definitely a way to give Denver its moment in the sun because Denver hasn't had an event like this since 2001, which is when the Avalanche hosted the All-Star Game with that team that eventually went on to win the Stanley Cup. And that was just two years after the Pepsi Center had opened. It was one or two years. I can't remember if it was 99 or 2000. But it, it was relatively quick to when they finally moved over from that bomb shelter at McNichols. Oh, Big Mac. The memories. That, and then Coors Field hosted the All-Star Game in 98. And as we talked uh, on Slack, people are talking about the home run derby. Just put on video, if you can find it, of that 98 home run derby. Because King Griffey Jr. went off. Put on a show. And it, I, I contest it's the most beautiful swing I have ever seen in baseball. Yep. And I, I mean, I didn't watch, I, obviously I wasn't able to watch Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio or Babe Ruth or Ty Cobb because I wasn't born yet. 
but King Griffey Jr.'s swing is it's a Bob Ross painting. It's just it's perfect. So they haven't had Bob Ross. You could have gone Michelangelo's David. You could have gone Da, da Vinci's Mona Lisa. You went with Happy Little Trees. I love that. Well, I mean, Bob <laughs> Ross is our generation's Michelangelo. Is he? Yeah, of course he is. I'm not sure I agree with you, but okay. I love Bob. Who doesn't I, love Bob I lo- Ross? I love Bob Ross. I'm not saying I don't love Bob. I know I'm going to get killed now. You don't like Bob? I love Bob Ross, but I'm not quite sure that he's on the same level. Griffey swing is Michelangelo's David. That's the way you describe it. I went with Bob Ross. The Sistine it's Chapel. It's perfect. not happy trees. Oh my gosh. All right. I, anyway, I'm going to pull it together here. But I, I think what it does is it, it allows Denver to be on the map for the first time in however Almost long. 20 years. 20 years. And I, so I think, I think Denver would be a perfect place for the draft because anyone who's been to Denver, especially downtown Denver, you go to Civic Center Park, that would be an absolute ideal place to have that rally or whatever it is they do with the fans with the draft. And the weather is – it's not going to be as dicey at the end of April as it is in March as we have (laughs) dealt with in Colorado for the last month where we have a record snowstorm and then it melts in a couple of days and it's 70 degrees. So it's not as dicey at the end of April. And I think civic center park is perfect. The last time the Broncos won the super bowl, it was packed. You could tie in Pepsi center if you wanted, or do it over at uh, empower field at mile high. But I think what it does is it, it allows Denver to showcase the beauty of Denver and why it is one of the best metropolitan areas in the country. Here's a thought. I'm going to throw this out here. I I know this probably doesn't really fit. You do the draft outside at Red Rocks. It's the greatest, perfect. It's the greatest venue for a concert. In my opinion, I've been to lots of different concerts and lots of different places. To me, it's the greatest venue to watch a concert. It would be incredible to go to Red Rocks and watch the NFL draft. You could do, it could just, maybe it's just a watch party. I don't know. You could do concerts there and things like that, but it would be awesome to see that. And so I do like the idea of the, the, you know, the all-star game sort of bringing, bringing the national media into Denver to showcase, like you said, the sort of the, the, the really cool things about Denver and the places that you can go and civic center park, like you said, is, is phenomenal for that. There are lots of different things you can do there. And and I just think it would be cool for Broncos country in general to be able to host, right? To be able to host one of the biggest events in the NFL's calendar year. I think that would be fantastic. And when you go back and look at Denver in 1998, I, I can't remember who tweeted it, tweeted it out, but it was a photo of Union Station. There was nothing around it. Empty. So the development around Coors Field and Lodo in particular has obviously exploded over the last 20 years. It's nothing like it was in 1998. So I think it really is going to allow Denver to be a showcase city. It's going to allow Joe Ellis and George Payton and and the Broncos hierarchy to go to Roger Goodell and be like, this is what baseball did. This is the success it had. My concern with Red Rocks is it doesn't 
hold that many people. So while it would be an incredible venue, the NFL might see, well, we're going to be limited on the amount of people who can show up. Yeah, you do you do events all over the place. You get you got something going on over here and something going on over there. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not where you do the actual draft, but you, you you'd certainly tie it in. I don't know. I've got ideas. I've got ideas because I think it would be really fun and it would be really cool. And hopefully, when it does happen, because I think it could happen, it's after Justin Fields has just led the Denver Broncos to uh, a Super Bowl championship. Uh, after having been drafted just a few years earlier, uh, and they've taken back control of the AFC West. And all it took was George Payton waiting at number nine and allowing the draft to fall to him, and Justin Fields falls in his lap. I would, I would be okay with that. That would, that would make it all perfect. I think what's even more exciting about it is we've all lived through basically the toughest year of all of our lives going through COVID-19. And Governor Jared Polis said that he expects to have everyone in the state vaccinated by the time the All-Star game rolls around. So there is the hope and expectation that Coors Field is packed come July, what, 12th to the 13th for the All-Star game. So it's going to be, it's not only going to be big for Denver, it's going to be big for the bars, for the restaurants that have been devastated economically by COVID. So the fact that the All-Star game is going to be down there at Coors Field is going to be huge for the surrounding businesses in Lodo. And the Blake Street Bombers might be there, so that would be cool. As long as they wear what they were wearing in the photo when they're walking out of Coors Field it's on the outside of it. The 90s vibe. The 90s vibe. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.